Well, good morning, everyone. I'm glad you're here for worship. And uh, as far as announcements go, I don't really have any other than what's already in the in the bulletin. Just to familiarize yourself with those things. It's we're coming up on Lent. Uh, you'll see the service time for uh, Ash Wednesday will be at seven o'clock. And so I hope that you're able to join us for that. Uh, do we have any other announcements that we need to share this morning? Make sure everybody's aware. Anything going on? Nothing you can think of? We've got one. All right. For the, the Viking vault, right? No. No? Oh, the Lenten hygiene drive. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, it's on the box. There's a list. All right. And if anybody wants that list, you let me know. I'll make a copy of it for you. Um, anything else? All right. Well, let's open with a little prayer this morning, and uh, we'll prepare our hearts for worship. God, we thank you for today. I thank you that you do love us. You sent your son Jesus uh, because you love us. Uh, you didn't want to, to spend eternity without us. Instead, you found a way for us to be with you. Uh, it's through the gift of your son, his work on the cross, and in his resurrection. And when we put our trust in him, we find life. And so we thank you for that. And we gather here today uh, to worship you and to praise you for that, uh, that gift. And we, uh, and we do that. We are thankful. We pray that you would use this hour uh, to draw us into deeper intimacy with you and fellowship with one another. Uh, and that you continue to fashion us, uh, mind, soul, and body, into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And now we pray that prayer that you taught your disciples to pray as we pray together the Lord's Prayer. It's in the bulletin and it's on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And as we get ready to sing this next song, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Stand if you're able. If not, stand with us in spirit. But that prayer, we pray it every week, right? But it's thy will be done. So I want you to think on those words as we go throughout the service today. Thy will be done. Let's stand and sing.
good singing. Have a seat. Do we have any birthdays to celebrate today? No birthdays? None? Anniversaries? No anniversaries. All right, any other good news to share? All right. And I saw videos of people singing and the band. Yeah. Good, good. What else is going on? Anything good happening in your life? Oh, more good news. Ah, oh, awesome. Yeah. But he can feel. <laughs> That's good. 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 But be, uh, keep praying for Mark and uh, that he would recover quickly. Anything else good going on? Yes, I was hoping you would mention her. Can you guess which one's my mom? Mother in law? Yeah, my mother in law. Yeah. They're both so beautiful. Sue. Uh, thanks for praying for her because I got well. Well, we're glad that you're, you're feeling better. Good. All right. Well, let's, um, I, you know, in the first service, I didn't have a bulletin up here when I first started doing the service, and so I leaned over to Eileen, who was leading the hymns, and I said, what's next? And she said, hugs and kisses. <laughs> so it's time for hugs and kisses.
Isaac has volunteered to assist after I asked him to. He volunteered. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. I ask that you would move on our hearts uh, to worship you through the act of giving and, and that you would lead us to give in the way that you would have us give and in, in the amount and the time and the manner in which you would have us give. And so I, I pray you lead us, but most of all, God, I pray that you would receive these gifts from our hands as worship. Amen. Let's stand and sing our doxology. seated once again. As we turn our hearts toward prayer, um, again, familiarize yourself with the, those that are listed already in the bulletin, um, but we need to be in prayer uh, this morning for Helen Schwarzkopf is in the hospital uh, at Midtown again, uh, again, breathing issues, her, her lungs, so let's be praying for Sister Helen, but also, and I'm sure most of you are aware that Chuck Pearson passed away uh, and so we want to be praying for uh, Chuck's family, the Pearsons. The funeral was yesterday, uh, had a really good turnout, and it was a, it was a touching uh, time together as we were able to share some memories. Uh, but be praying for the Pearson family. Do we have any other prayer requests that we need to mention? Yes.
So your, your grandson's grandmother-in-law, yes. Grandma Weinberger, yes. is in the hospital with a brain bleed. All right. And it's very serious. Okay. Anything else? So. praying for Troy Hernandez, uh, his family, as he passed away. Anything else? All right, let's pray together. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for uh, your, your watchful eye, how you are watching over us, sustaining us, giving us direction, and yet... There are still things that come our way uh, that, that overwhelm us, that overtake us and um, bring us to our knees and, and cause trouble in our lives. And it's in those moments that you ask us to trust in you. You ask us to lean on you. And you encourage us to call on your name. And so we do that now and we call on your name for these uh, close friends and neighbors of ours. We lift up to you, Helen. We lift up to you, the Pearson family. We lift up to you, Grandma Weinberger. We lift up to you, the Hernandez family. And God, we, we come to you and hoping that in your mercy, you would hear our prayers because of your great love for us and it is your desire to be our helpmate. So God, give us the courage that we need to trust in you. And we pray that your life be manifest in all of these situations. And God, we also acknowledge that there are things in our hearts and our minds, fears, hopes, that we were not able to express this morning. And so, God, I pray that you would also give us the grace to trust you with those. We ask all of this in the good and the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, let's sing another, another hymn. Oh, another thing for prayer. All right. Well, listen, we've got time, so let's stop and pray again. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it because we have time, right? Let's pray. God, we thank you for Mark. We, we thank you for Vicki, and we pray that you would bring your, your healing hand uh, into um, his situation, that the doctors did a good job, but we pray this work would have its complete work, that he would recover swiftly, that he would recover sure. And again, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's never a, good, a, a, a wrong time to pray. Okay? Let's, let's stand now. Let's sing uh, this, Come ye sinners, poor and needy. And we'll sing verses 1 and 3 together. And then we'll get into the word a little bit.
is a good song. Please be seated. Our text this morning, our scripture comes to us from uh, the Gospel of Mark, verses one or verses uh, fourteen of chapter one. Sorry, fourteen and fifteen, and it reads, "Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee." proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And that is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. God. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you today, go ahead and dig them out. If not, find one in a pew. And I am perfectly okay with you looking up the Bible on your phone. I think that's a fine use of your phone. Just don't play um, Angry Birds while you're doing it. Uh, All the Bibles? Did somebody steal them? You know, we have youth group in here, and sometimes they they grab them and they stack them up somewhere else. You've never gotten your Bible out in service? I know. The last three weeks, we have been reading the Bible a lot during our sermons. But my wife, my wife has been um, AWOL, so she didn't know. She didn't know that this was a new thing. So, you know, other pastors don't have their wives arguing with them while they preach. Where are all the Bibles? I don't know. I'll have to locate them, but... I know that we do, we have, you know, they, they split up and they go to different spots in the sanctuary to do their Bible studies, and they probably left them in a pile somewhere over there. So I'll find them. We'll put them back. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think any of them took them, though. I think they just didn't put them back. Anyway, uh, I want you to... Uh, Find the book of Acts, and then find the book of Matthew, and we will get to those. We'll go to Acts first, and then we'll go to the book of Matthew, and we'll get to those in a minute, but I just want you to be prepared so you don't have to be looking for them later. But there's going to be a simplicity, I think, to today's message, in that as I say what I'm about to say today, you'll, you'll no doubt think, well, that's obvious. That makes a lot of sense. And I've stated this numerous times before, but I want to make a couple demonstrations today, I hope, Uh, that will further drive this truth into our hearts. Um, Because no matter how simple a truth or how obvious a truth is, sometimes we seem to still not get it. And it's been said that, you know, in between the head and the heart is about 12 inches. And that's a very hard journey (laughs) for people to make. And you can get something, you can understand something that is so simple. But for to make that journey to your heart is a totally different Uh, thing altogether. So my hope today is that by the time uh, things become a little more clear and it starts to resonate in your heart as well. But repentance, repent, exclamation point, as you see on the screen, uh, is the word of the day. That's how John the Baptist would yell, repent, right? I have never yelled repent at anyone, I don't think. Maybe one of my boys, but I don't even think I've ever yelled repent to them. That's just not how I roll usually. Uh, but, but let me ask you, and this is the group participation moment, what is repentance? Anyone? Turn around and go the other way. Turn around and go the other way. That's a, the basic. So when we apply that to 
our lives as Christians, what is repentance? Stop doing the sin that you're doing and turn and do right. And that is a basic working definition of what repentance is. And remember what I said, when you hear it, you'll be like, okay, we get it. It's not complicated, right? It's not rocket science, as they would say. Uh, but yet, for some reason, so very few of us are well-versed in repentance, <laughs> right? Something that is so simple to understand and so simple to do, yet we don't do it. And my fear is that um, we, we tend to focus on the negative connotations of it, repentance. Whenever a pastor uses the word repent, most people are automatically thinking of all the things they're going to have to stop doing now. You know, the things that they're no longer going to be allowed to do. What am I going to have to give up now? You know, and so repentance has this instantaneous negative vibe to it. I mean, even the exclamation point sounds like you're being chastised, right? Like, ah, you know, grow up, you know, stop goofing off. And it's like you're getting in trouble, right? It has a very negative vibe. But this is, let's look up Acts chapter 20. And I'm going to have one of y'all read it. Um, chapter 20, not the whole chapter, just verse 21. And so somebody who's brave enough to, to read it with a loud voice, Acts chapter 20, verse 21. Anyone brave? 21 of chapter 20. Yes. Are you volunteering to read it, Sue? Oh, sure. Okay. Just that one verse. Yep. Oh, did you did you hear that how that read? Repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So there was no negative vibe in there, was there? It was not repent from all these bad things. All Paul talked about was repentance toward God and it had a very positive uh, message there. It's like it's, it's about it's about where you're going, not about where you were. It's about what you're getting, not about what you're losing. Right? And so that's that message that I think Paul obviously wanted people to understand. But I think that's the message that God wants us to, to understand as well. Um, that we understand what repentance is, and it's to turn away from sin, but it is also to turn toward God, to turn toward God, toward righteousness in Christ. And, and so that verse that Sue read for us, the qualifying words around repentance, are that we repent toward God. And so that's very positive and it's very encouraging. It's not this negative sort of, um, you know, it's instead, you know, it gives repentance more of a springboard effect, if you will, instead of this upheaval of your life and all the things that you're going to have to let go of. And it's, it becomes gut-wrenching for us sometimes. There's still an upheaval, but not so much this dreaded change as much as, um, think of it as exodus, from slavery, exodus from sorrow, exodus from heartache, exodus from that which held you in bondage. And, and the second part of the verse then talks about having faith in, the, in the, kind, uh, the kindness of Jesus Christ. And what kind of Jesus Christ? What's the qualifying word there? It says our Lord Jesus Christ. And we talked that about we talked about that a lot last week, that he is your Lord. He's not just your Savior, but he's your Lord. You've been bought and paid for 
and you do what he asks you to do. And this should affirm what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Uh, he wants total sovereignty in our lives. Now, I had hoped that I might be able to get a, a yoke, an oxen yoke up here to try out and demonstrate for you all. But uh, instead, I have a rope. And I'm gonna, I asked my son, Isaac, to come and assist me with this. And Isaac and I are going to yoke ourselves together with this rope. If I can get it untangled here. All right, Isaac, I'm going to give you an end, and I want you to tie it around your, your waist. I want you to tie it pretty good, okay? You got enough room there? Yeah, tie it pretty good. And then come over here near me. You got it? I mean, I mean, tie it pretty... There you go. Because I don't want to be able to yank on this and have it come untied. Like that. <laughs> okay. It just came right untied. See, Isaac's going to represent Jesus this morning, and he's got to be faithful. He can't just come untied every time I yank on this rope. That's better. All right. So I'm going to yoke myself to Isaac here. All right. And uh, Isaac was hoping I wouldn't be so closely yoked to him, I'm sure. But this is, this is what I want to do. I'm going to be close to Jesus. And Jesus didn't ask me to be yoked from a distance. He asked me to be yoked, to take his yoke upon me. Speaking of that, look up in your Bibles, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. I want to read that to you, but you read along. It says, come to me. Does this sound familiar? All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so that's one of those very comforting verses. We love the first half of that. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, uh, and I will give you rest. But the very next verse, which we're familiar with too, but we sometimes don't connect these two together very well. But it says, take my yoke upon you. Uh, and, and he talks about labor. And so Jesus offers us in this, he, speak, he, he offers us rest, but it's kind of in an unconventional path. He doesn't offer you rest in the way you think of rest. When you think of rest, you think of sitting down and stopping, all right? But Jesus offers you rest by taking his yoke upon you, all right? Which implies there's work to be done, right? And, and I think what helps me understand this is that, uh, let's step out here a little bit so people can see how we're yoked together. The Mosaic law, you know, where he says you must do, you must walk this way or you can walk that way. You know, you can do it your way, you can do it Yahweh, God's way. And, and, and that law applies to every human. And, and we, have, we can do it God's way or we can do it our way. And that's just the way it is. And that's a requirement of me. I am required to walk God's way. Now, I can do that on my own, in my own strength, in my own will. Or I can do it with somebody that actually knows what they're doing. 
right? Somebody that has walked that way before and somebody who is able and somebody who can, if I fall down, maybe help me back up and someone who can lead me on the right path, right? So in this, Jesus repre- or Isaac represents Jesus, right? And I've yoked myself to him. And so to repent toward God is for me to say, I'm not, I'm not going to be yoked to these other things anymore. I'm going to tie my yoke to him, right? I'm going to choose to be yoked to him. And it's an act of will. I've chosen it, right? And so when Isaac then decides to lead me on the path of righteousness, go that way, um, it's, I have to actively yeah, don't pull too hard, but I have to actively uh, go against him in order to not go his way, right? I have to make a decision. I'm not going to go your way. And it be- when you've yoked yourself to Jesus, it becomes harder to not obey him. <laughs> it becomes harder to walk away. Because trust me, if Jesus wants to go that way, guess where I'm going? Because he is a lot stronger than I am. All right, so would you lead me in the paths of righteousness? Teach me, and I will walk in your truth, okay? Okay, teach me. Please continue, continue to teach me. Oh, come on now. Come on. Okay, all right, all right. So, so he led me. As C.S. Lewis put it, he said, you can choose to go into the kingdom, or you can go into the kingdom kicking and screaming, Right, and there's there's that way. I think a lot of us have done it that way. We've decided I'm going to follow Jesus, but I'm not going to like it. We've become reluctant disciples. Right, this is the life of a disciple, and to be a reluctant disciple is to say I'm going to yoke to Jesus, or I leave me, but I am not going to enjoy it. I'm going to go. Okay, fine, I'll go to church. Fine, I'll read my Bible. Fine, I'll pray. No, I am not going to forgive them. No. Right, and this is this is kind of how we how we live our lives with Jesus. But if we will trust Him, all right, and this is where we get into that spot where we're like, I have to let my will go. I have to choose, and and this is we we sometimes think it's it's like we're got we don't have a will at all in this, but that's not what Jesus is calling us to. He's asking us to have our will changed, to have our wills conformed to that will. Or he says in the, in the Psalms that the God will give you the desires of your heart. And that doesn't mean he's going to give you whatever you want. It means he's going to change your desires. He's going to change your want. And so that you can follow him where it is that's best he follows you. So then when you start to partner with him and you willingly go where he goes, it's a lot easier. And you start to go places and you're step by step he leads you and you follow him all the days of your life. And you become partners in this instead of unwilling, right, disciples. We become willing disciples. Now, if you can, take that off. Good job. You may have a seat. Thank you, Isaac. Let's give Isaac a hand. Thank you for... And now I'm going to do some rope tricks. No, not really. I don't know any rope tricks. Yeah, yeah, he's really, he's really good at it. He's really good at it. But you see, the kingdom is meant to be upside down. Bob Dylan said it this way. He said, it may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. Right? Those are your choices. And we sometimes fool ourselves into thinking, well, 
I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna do it my way. And you think you're following, you think you're your own master at that point, but you're not. When you choose to cast off the lordship of Christ, you're taking on the lordship of the prince of this world. He's in charge. And you don't have any other options. Either Jesus is your Lord or Satan. That's it. There's no gray. There's no middle ground. There are no other gods to serve. There's just Jesus or the enemy. And so we mistake it. He'll lie to us. He'll say, oh, no, I'm going to let you do whatever you want. You'll be free. This is where real freedom is, right? But when we choose to go what we think is our own way, we're really choosing his way. And he leads us to destruction. He leads us to heartache. He leads us to pain. He leads us to suffering without resurrection, right? Whereas Jesus may lead you through some hard things, right? He may lead you through some places that are uncomfortable, places that are scary. But guess who is with you the whole time? Do you see the difference? He's never going to take you anywhere where he's not right there with you the whole time. He's never going to leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll be with you even to the end of this age. And so the kingdom is an upside down version of the way this world works. Because the world would tell you, throw off the yoke, get that off your neck, untie yourself from that so that you can be free. But the yokeless life is a wanderer's life that only leads you where the enemy wants you to go. And you'll be manipulated silently and invisibly, but you will be manipulated to your own destruction. While the shepherd of your souls, he will lead you to those still waters, those green pastures, but he'll do it through discipline. He'll do it through chastisement at times. But his intention is to bless you, to set you free. But the enemy, he will lead you to raging torrents and throw you in where you'll get beat up on the rocks. Or he'll lead you to a barren desert where there is no water and you will die. But here's why we don't get it. It's not because we don't get it. It's because we don't like it. We don't like giving up what we think is our control of where we're going. And, and we know that in order to truly repent and to, to walk away from those things and to go God's way, we will not be allowed to go where we want to go. We won't be allowed to go where we want to go. And I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus said, come and I'm going to lay a cross on you and you can follow me. Is that how he said it? No. He said, come, pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus is not interested in taking your will away. He's not interested in turning you into some kind of robot that he just has ownership of. That's not his desire. He says, come, choose to kneel down and pick up this cross and put it on your back and follow me and I will give you life. Right? Choose to take my yoke upon you and you're going to find that my burden, the work that I have set out for us is a lot easier than the work the enemy has set out for you. And this work will actually bear fruit. This work will actually lead you to life and rest. That other work is going to lead you to disappointment and sorrow. In a moment here, we're going, to, we're going to close our service in sort of an unconventional way. But we're heading toward uh, Ash Wednesday. And uh, as is common in the church, what we do is, is we take last uh, year's 
palms from Palm Sunday. Remember when the kids are all waving them around and singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. You know, the king has come, the son of David, right? Yeah, and, and, and it's all praise and worship, right? And that's what the palms represent, praises to God. And, and so we're going to have the opportunity to take our praises. That's a very positive notion. This is not about concentrating on, on what a miserable failure we've been. This is about remembering the kindness of God and the fact that the king has come, right? And he has come and, we, and he has provided us a way out of our slavery, out of our bondage, if we would but join him in this exodus and he will go with us. This is what the children of Israel learned when they were in the wilderness, they learned that they needed to be where God was. And when the pillar of fire moved, they moved. And when it stopped, they stopped. And so much so that Moses learned this lesson that he got to the, the mountain and God showed him the promised land and Moses said, wow, that is everything you said it would be. But if you're not going with us, we don't want to go. Moses learned, I will not send them in there without you, God. If you're going to be out here in the desert, we're staying out here in the desert. Because being with God is the best place to be. And so we are going to ceremonially, you know, through a procession of repentance, which is not just mournful kind of, oh, I'm so sad I can't be a slave in Egypt anymore. But I get, to, I get to walk through the Red Sea. I get to drink from the sweet water. I get to eat the manna. I get to eventually be fit for the promised land where there's a land flowing with milk and honey. And I'm going to do that with Jesus. And he's going to be with me all the way. And so I'm going to lead us out down the hallway and out into uh, underneath the portico there real quick where we will uh, have the opportunity to take some of these, each of you, and put them in uh, a pan that I have there. And I'm going to light them on fire. <laughs> That's why some of you notice that I smell like I smoke marijuana. Uh, but I don't. It's just we did this in the first service and it is very pungent. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to light these on fire, and then we're going to use these ashes for Ash Wednesday. Okay, And so I want to invite you to follow me, if you will. I'm going to go right out this hallway, and we're going to walk out there. In fact, I'll, I'll do you one better. Some of you, I won't make you go down that ramp. I'll allow you to stay up top, and I'll, I'll bring the pot to you guys, uh, the, the pan, rather, I should say. So follow me.